I feel like I could do a dance. Yeah, I probably can dance better than I can sing. But I can. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's good to let the joy of the, you know, the, the glories roll. Let it just let it come out. I'll tell you what, it does something for you. It does something, it releases things. And I'll tell you what, it lets the devil know something too. Amen. Sure is good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be here on this uh, uh, January evening. And uh, I'd like to say it's characteristic of a January evening, as far as the weather's concerned, but <laughs> we all have lived around here long enough to know differently. You know, we just concluded, I think it was on New Year's Eve, and we'd got out there, and, and uh, the fireworks started. And uh, I thought, wow, that's great. And, you know, usually in, I think it's February, they have family day, and then there's a fireworks display, and it happens in the service. And I thought... Well, you know, tonight Brother Max is preaching. I said, let the fireworks just start right in here. Let's not wait for it to happen out there. Let it happen right in here. Amen. You just have your seats for a moment, if you don't mind. You know, we had uh, our New Year's evening, and I had a couple people that I'd asked to speak we didn't get to. Brother Allen, can you come up here? Uh, Brother Allen was one of them. And if somebody else would just have a short testimony they want to share, you know, I think it's good to just thank the Lord, have, have us all committed and and, and uh, as much as we come with all our needs, I think it's important to thank him. Amen. I think it's really important that we give him honor, we give him praise. Do we have an extra mic here that we could use? Thank you. Brother Alan. Love these things? You want to be positive. Brother Ed asked me um, a week or so before the, the New Year's Eve function, and if I had something that I could share, I said I'll give it some thought. So I started writing a few things down, and, and when I really think about, about how the service went um, on Thursday, the uh, songs that were sung, the comments that were made, and then even this morning, the prayers that were said, the songs that were sung, and, and the service, this, what Brother Ed preached on, um, it covered all the bases. But <clears throat> so this is, this is what came to me throughout the week. And so to Brother Harold and Brother Ed, the associate ministry, <clears throat> and church of the reborn, visible and virtual. <clears throat> this is not meant to be a life story, but just a few excerpts of my life. <clears throat> I'd like to start by uh, reading a couple of scriptures. <clears throat> uh, Romans 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. <clears throat> And Matthew twenty four thirteen, 
but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. <clears throat> Brother Ray led a song on Thursday night uh, referring to the road you walk, and that's where I was going. <clears throat> Life has many roads <clears throat> we can or could have traveled, traveled on, but in actual fact, there are only two roads. <clears throat> A neighbor boy who became a Christian, an unlikely candidate by townspeople, happened to drive by a few of us on a walk in our small town. <clears throat> he stopped and witnessed to us, two or three of us, all about 14 years old, about the message, which is in my heart, which in my heart, I paid attention to it. And before me, there was, there was a fork in the road, <clears throat> unbeknownst to me. I entered the more traveled, <clears throat> as I look back at it now. <clears throat> when I was 15, I was with a group of teens one evening, perhaps some of the same ones previously mentioned. One of them had an old car, and we agreed to go for a ride. We weren't doing anything bad or wrong other than taking this car out on the road. We had a crash. <clears throat> they finally found me in some grass, lying. They couldn't find me at first. Of the five guys, I was the only one out of the car after the crash. No doors were open. <clears throat> no glass broken, I was told later. I know on impact, an impact can cause doors to fly open, but, question mark, how did I get out there? <clears throat> My dad was standing at the end of the bed when I came to in the hospital. <clears throat> His first words were, the Lord is calling you, son. <clears throat> I learned then that that ride was the continuation on the wrong road. <clears throat> Finally, at 18, at the age of 18, I surrendered my life to Christ. The day before, my thoughts were, well, my parents are Christians. That's all I need. A Christian girl that I went to school with told me I needed my own experience, although she probably didn't say it that way. In spite of my persuasion, though I had already known about the message and went to church, but my persuasion as, as an unregenerated Christian didn't, didn't help her at all. But I needed my own experience. <clears throat> The Lord showed me a scripture that evening. That was the first one I read, Romans 10 and 9. I prayed to the Lord, if that's you calling me, let the pastor, Brother Neil Gunther, invite me to come forward. I know that's what pastors are supposed to do, but it doesn't happen in every service. <clears throat> then I came back to the fork in the road and turned on to the less traveled road. From that time, my life was changed. Going to church the next morning, some school friends showed up. Never been there before. I thought, what in the world are they doing here today of all days? <clears throat> but I knew that the Lord sent them to be a witness to see if I would keep my promise. <clears throat> Since then, by God's amazing grace, I never looked back. I never come to the place where I said I was lost and I saved and lost and saved. 
Many failures, yes, backslidings, yes, and still have them. Brother Brandon referred to his song, If I fall or if I fail, forgive me, Lord, let me rise and try again. <clears throat> I have to repent daily, but I keep pressing on. <clears throat> our lives come to many crossroads, our own ideas, mindset, previous church ideas, usually from previous beliefs that do not fit the message. Satan does not care what kind of spirit he puts on us and on whom he puts them on, young or old. Often those spirits can be very degrading. <clears throat> you can have a spirit of fear fueled by a controlling spirit by somebody else. I am number six of seven, seven boys in the family. So obviously, I was told what to do, you know, in my whole childhood by my older siblings. Some of my older siblings that way, operated that way, and I still get that idea conveyed to me by at least one of them operating that particular gift, if I can say it that way. I was helping my neighbor one day who asked me to repair something for him. As he was watching me, he asked, where did I get my smarts? I replied, from the school of hard knocks. <clears throat> Wrong attitudes can hinder our walk with God, also our walk with believers. <clears throat> a friend or family can influence another just by planting a negative thought towards a boss or another friend or a minister or a family member. My spiritual education, if I can say it that way, or my smarts, could have been attained to much easier with the right attitudes and influences. I say these things because all, all happened in my life, not blaming anyone else. It can cause despair, depression, guilt, or fear, or whatever can hinder our service to God. Any of these can lead us to take the wrong road. One may say, I will do what I want, or I will go walk where I want. But if we have the slightest desire of serving God, he will allow it for time. But somehow he will cause us to turn around and follow him, regardless of our hurts. <laughs> Just as the shepherd brings the lamb back to the fold, <clears throat> we are taught by the word that we need to die to ourselves. Or as one minister put it, Kill the old man. Surrender our will to Christ. <clears throat> this past year, the road has narrowed considerably. And 2021 may be obscured as we walk life's road. But on the positive side, my way gets brighter as he leads me on. <clears throat> Lord, hold my hand all the way. Never let me go. I want to thank the Lord for bringing me back from the wrong roads I traveled for healing me multiple times, protecting me in dangerous situations, changing wrong attitudes, and caring for my, my family, mostly for salvation and revealing this glorious end-time message to me and my family. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Wishing you all God's richest blessings in 2021. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Allen. We, we can't imagine we weren't there.
but Brother Allen is an 18-year-old riding in a car doing those things. But we're sure gl glad that the Lord had his hand on him back there. And Brother Allen, we just want to give you our little bouquet and say thank you for the Spirit of God that dwells in you and for what God has done in you. Let's just stand together. We're going to just maybe move along in the service. We want to get to the Word. But uh, we all have a testimony to share. From time to time, we'll try and do that. Amen. Well, we, I believe God is good, isn't he? Amen. I want to sing, God is good all the time. And uh, not just when times are good, but God is good all the time. And if you can see his goodness in any situation, you know, He's working it for our good. We're going to invite our brother Max to come and to minister tonight. And I just pray, let, let, let God speak to your heart. Pull on the gift and uh, let's just let God have his way. If you're walking through the valley and there are shadows all Good. 
Amen. It's good all the time. Amen. Let's go to the Lord and to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you this evening, Lord. We thank you, the Father. You're good all the time, my Lord. You're good every year. You're good every month. You're good every day, Lord. You're good every hour, every minute, every second, Lord. You're always good, Lord. Father, we just come to you this evening, Lord, and we just want to surrender ourselves into your hands, oh Lord. Father, we just want you, Lord God, to have your way in our midst this evening in the service, Lord. Father, you know what your people need, both here and, Lord, those at home, oh Lord. Father, we just ask that you move in your own gentle way, oh Lord. The Father, you brood upon hearts and souls, oh Lord. The Father, you draw us nigh unto you, oh Lord. The Father, you make yourself real unto us, oh God. Father, I just surrender myself unto you, Lord. Use this vessel, Lord God. Father, you speak through this vessel, Lord God. Let us just be a vessel, Lord. But Lord, let us see Jesus this evening, Lord. May be Jesus, oh Lord God, moving through the aisles, oh Lord. May be Jesus going from pew to pew, oh Lord, this evening, oh God. Father, we just ask you to take the preeminence. We just ask you, Lord, to sweep through this building, Lord. Not only in the service, but Lord, in each service that will come, oh Lord. In every song service, oh Lord, may you continue to move among us, oh Lord. But Lord, we just want a closer walk with you, O Lord. We just want to be more sincere, Lord, more diligent, O God. Father, for we see the time is drawing nigh, O Lord. And Father, we just don't want to be in the way, O Lord. But Father, we just want to get ourselves out of the way so that you can move through us, O Lord. So you can fulfill your word, O Lord. So you can glorify your name, O God. Father, we surrender ourselves to you this evening, Lord. And we just ask you, Lord, that you glorify your name, O Lord. We surrender all to your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, the Lord bless you. God truly is good. Amen. Just, just before we go to the Word, uh, perhaps I'll let you sit for just maybe one minute or two, we, and then we'll stand up again. So we can, you can have your seat for just a minute or two. And just before we go to the Word, I, I just really want to thank the Lord and want to say Happy New Year to you all. And I want to thank the Lord for... Uh, making me part of the bride. I was born in a believing home, but yet I went astray, but the Lord brought me back by his grace, and I want to thank him for it. But I also really want to thank the Lord for making me part of this body of believers. I really want to say I appreciate each and every one of you. You know, I, I really thank the Lord. He, he knew what I needed, and he knew where I could come and the place where he could bring me to the place where he wanted me to be. And since I've been here, there's been a lot of maturity, there's been a lot of growing, there's a lot of, been a lot of shaping, a lot of cutting. I do really appreciate the ministry in this place. I really thank the Lord for it. And I really want to say I appreciate you all. I want to I really appreciate all the parents, you know, the, and, and all the young people, all the brothers, all the sisters, you know, how, you know, each one have been so loving and caring for me, you know, being away from home, but yes, you know, being here is just like being at home. You know, I, I feel part of every family that is here, and I, I really want to say, the Lord bless you, and thank you for all that you do for me. I really, really appreciate that a lot. And I really want to thank the ministry, Brother Ed, Brother Harold, Brother Andrew, Brother Moses. The Lord bless you, all, Brother John. The Lord bless you for being a friend, and I'm always being there. The hours on the phone. God bless you for it. You know, so I really want to say the Lord bless you all. I also want to bring greetings from my family from Ireland. 
they all really want to say the Lord bless you. They really appreciate you for all that you've been doing for me. They hope to come by sometime, I don't know, but they, they will come by sometime. But they really want to say God bless you all. Also, I was speaking to Brother Andrew Murray, who was the pastor in Dublin, where he was, he was fellowshipping in Ireland. And he also sent his greeting to the ministers and to the saints here as well and all the ministry there. So I thought I would just say this before we got started. And I want to say the Lord bless you. I appreciate you and Happy New Year to you all. And Brother Alan, thank you for the testimony. Thank you for sharing that. The Lord bless you. Amen. Well, yeah, you stand on your feet and we go to the Word this evening. Amen. Return to familiar scripture. Thank you, musicians. Sorry, oi. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Marion. Um, we'll take it from Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, a very familiar scripture. I think it's been quoted for the past couple of services. Hebrews 12, from 1 to 3. Amen. Amen. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be worried and faint in your minds. Amen. We also turn to Luke chapter 15. I want to read Luke 15. We read. Eight and nine. Amen. Luke fifteen, eight and nine. Amen. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle and and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she had found it, she called her friend and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of the word. You might have your seat. Amen. This evening we want to speak on unpacking for the journey. Unpacking for the journey. Sure doesn't sound something very normal to say that you are, you are unpacking for a journey. Because when we look at the natural, when we're going on a journey, we'll normally pack for the journey. We pack all the things we need for the journey and all the essentials that we need, we'll, we'll put them together for the journey. Amen. We pack things based on, you know, if we're going on a long journey, based on the weight that's been given to us. And we'll make sure we feel every bit of us. Amen. We have a sister who, whenever we're traveling and going on a journey, you know, her luggage is full and her stuff is in my luggage also. You know, she's, she's just a different type, but, you know, she makes sure she takes everything. She makes sure if she could pack her whole wardrobe, she would take it with her. Amen. The Lord bless you, Rose, if you're streaming. Amen. But, you know, we pack for a journey, and, and you take everything that you need, and you take... 
You take the extra, you know, you, you based on where you're going, based on the climate that you're going to. You know, when I was coming here, I made sure I packed really well, you know, because when I was in Ireland and I checked my phone and checked the temperature, it would be minus 30, and that was very scary. But, you know, you, you pack accordingly, according to where you're going, according to the climate. And you take the things that you need, amen, and you take things for emergency and whatever could happen. But along on the journey, there's, there's some few things, or there's perhaps one important thing, or two important things that you never leave out in the journey. And that is your ticket and your identity. Those are two things you can't leave out on the journey. No matter how much you might pack, no matter how, more, how many things you may take, if you come and, and, and you, you come without your ticket or you come without your identity, there's no way they're going to allow you to go on on the journey. You always have to go with your identity. You always have to go with your ticket. Amen. And we know that today we are on a spiritual journey. Amen. We are on a spiritual journey, and truly, as we are on this journey, there is something that is important for us to take with us. And this journey that we are talking about is not a journey where we need to pack for it. Amen. It is not a journey where we need to take all the essentials that we need. It's not a journey where we need to pack all that we've been carrying along through our lives. Amen. But it's a journey where we are called to unpack. Amen. Brother Branham will talk about it in the great common revival and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, Chicago 1954. He said, you know, the people today are trying to pack to go up to somewhere. If I had a voice today to warn the people, I would say, don't pack up. But unpack to get ready to go. It is time to unload. Amen. He says, the Bible said, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that easily beset us, that we might run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. And so here is the Spirit of the Lord speaking to us and saying, let's lay aside every weight. Let's lay aside every sin. Amen. Let's unpack because we are on a journey. See, when you go down to the airport and you are looking, you mainly find two type of people at the airport. You know, there are the people that are just walking around and they just, you know, they just carousing or just walking around. Why? Because they are accompanying someone to take a journey. See, they are not so much concerned about the trip that is about to happen, but there are other people that their eyes are constantly upon the board. They are constantly looking up, amen. They are constantly checking to make sure that they are on time, amen. And as we read in Hebrews, it's saying, let us keep our eyes on Jesus, amen, because He is the order. He is the finisher of our faith. We are on a journey. We are on the airport. Let our eyes be on the board. Let not our eyes be around looking around. For them people looking around, they are not bothered on going on a journey. They are not ready on traveling. But you are on a journey. You are about to travel. You are about to take a flight. And I think it is time that our focus changes from looking around and looking at the news and looking what is going on in the world and start looking up because there is someone coming. There is a flight that is about to take place. And I don't want to be late for it. And I no, you don't want to be late for it. Right. Our eyes has to be on him, amen. It's time for him to make for us to make him Lord of our lives, to make him Lord over our body, make him Lord over our spirit, make him Lord over our soul. See, he is the captain. He is the one that is driving the ship. He is the guide. He is the ruler, amen. And as we spoke about it, there's one thing that is important in this journey. And that is your ticket. And that is the token. Amen. That is the one important thing on the journey. Amen. And you see on this journey, all that you need is only one ticket. All you need is just one token. 
See, this is not a journey whereby you have to go and make some transit. This is not a journey where you have to go and transit down in the world. This is not a journey where you go transiting in your past. This is a direct flight to glory. There is no transiting in this journey. It is just one flight. It is just one ticket. Brother Branham was speaking about it in Expectation, Long Beach, 1961. He said, now there's no two Holy Ghosts. There's only one Holy Ghost, that's right. Only, only one Holy Ghost. And that same Holy Ghost that led Simeon to believe that, that he, would see, he would not die until he seen the Lord Christ. That same Holy Spirit is telling me that something is going to happen. Amen. He said, I just believe it. And it's telling you, that's, it's telling you the same thing. That something is going to happen. Let's be expecting it. Let's get ready for it. Make ready. Like taking a trip. Get everything packed up. No, this kind of trip, you unpack everything. Got too much packed up now. The trouble of it, we have to unload. So this trip, you unload. Amen. We are on a journey where we are called to unload. And perhaps years after years, we have been packing our disappointment with us. Years after years, we have been packing our discouragement with us. Service after service, we have been packing our indifferences with us. Service after service, we have been packing our lukewarmness with us. But it's come time to unpack it all off. Because you see, these items are dangerous items for the journey. These items cannot go through the gate. They can't go through the gate. These are items that can cause disturbance on the journey. They can cause destruction on the journey. And we've been called to unpack of all these things. We've been called to lay them all aside. Because we know there is nothing in this world. The Bible will say that we brought nothing in this world and we're taking nothing out. The only thing we're taking out is our character. And the only thing that is going to mold the character is the Holy Ghost in you. And that's the only thing that you're packing away. That's the only thing that you're taking away. We heard it this morning. There is nothing in this world. Nothing in this world is left. But in the midst of it all, there is a door that has been opened. There is a door that has been opened for the children of God. And that door is the word that has been opened in this last age. And is leading us unto glory. Brother Branham, in the message, you talk about it in everlasting life and how to receive it. Jeffersonville in 1954. He would talk about the Magi's and he would dramatize it. Sorry. You talk about the Magi's. And he'll dramatize it. And you say the three Magi's were getting ready to go and see Jesus. Why? Because they have seen the star. Amen. See, they have seen the star and they were getting ready to go. And Brother Branham will give them names such as John, George, and Jim. And he said the three of them were getting ready and once they saw the star, he said one of them by the name of Jim, he went home. 
And he went and told the wife, said, oh, hey, you know, we've seen the star and we are about to leave. He said, we are about to leave. And you know, Jim started to pack up for the journey. Jim started to load his camel. And Jim started to pack everything that he thought he needed. And Brother Branham will talk about it in that message and he'll say, Jim took his little box. He took his little bottle of backbiting. He took his little box of tattling. He took his little bottle of selfishness. And he hung it all on the camel. And once he was done packing the camel, he jumped on the camel. And he was willing to go. But the camel was so loaded that it couldn't even move. The camel was so packed that it was, such, it, was, it was mashed down. And you know, the very thing that was going to lead him, the very thing that was going to carry him to follow the star was overloaded. And you see, I think it's time that we make sure that we are not overloaded. That we are not overloaded with the things of the world that marshes down the Holy Ghost. That we are not overloaded, that the power of God cannot move in our lives. That we are not overloaded, that when we come to church, the power of God is hindered. I think we want to make sure that the camel that we're riding on has got only what is needed. And that it's not overloaded. Everlasting life and how to receive it. He said, but what we need tonight is a great bundle of full of the love of God poured out in your heart. All the differences washed away. He said, bury it with the old year as it passes out. He says, let it go. Let's start a new life, a new beginning. If you're already born in the kingdom of God, you've already got the Holy Spirit in you. The only thing you have to do is cut loose from these things of the world that's holding you down. And I believe it is time for us to cut loose. It is time for us to cut loose and make clear to Satan to let him know that we are leaving him behind. And we are leaving him behind, but we are not leaving one hoof behind. As we are on a journey, we are packing everything we need. Our loved ones are coming over with us. We are not leaving one hoof behind. The only thing we are leaving behind is Satan and his devices. That's the only thing we are leaving behind. But we are packing up for the journey. Oh, finally, Jim. As he realized that the camel couldn't move. He started to unpack. He started to take away the box of selfishness. He started to take away the box of the box of tattling and the box of bugbiting. And he started to offload his camel. He started to unpack his camel. His wife came over to him and said, to him, Jim, what are you doing? And he said, I am laying aside every weight. He said, I am laying aside every sin. For the, for the road that I'm going to walk on, it's a straight and a narrow way. And only few that walk down that road. There's only room for me and Jesus. There's no room for any other time. There's only room for me and Jesus. And when he turned his eyes and he looked at the star. And after looking at the star, he looked at George and John as they were getting ready to go. And all that they had packed 
was the gift that they needed to bring to Jesus. That's all they packed with them, the gift that they needed to bring to him. Friends, let's pack only what we need to bring to him. The gift that he's laid inside of us. For there is the star that is leading us, and that is the Holy Ghost. Let's make sure the gift that is in us is being led by the Holy Ghost. I want you to realize that as they followed the star, the star might have led them through mountains. The star might have led them through valleys. The star might have led them through storms. The star might have led them through the darkest of nine. But I want you to know one thing. The star was leading them to Christ. See, we may be of the Holy Ghost. It might lead you through trouble. It might lead you through the valley. It might lead you through the dark night. But I want you to know it is shaping you up to meet your Jesus. It is shaping you up to bring your gift to him. Don't you worry about the star. You just follow the star. The star knows what he's doing because there's only one thing that you're taking away from here, and that is your character. The star knows what he needs. The star knows the gift that he needs. That's the only thing that they packed as they went on the journey. As the star led them. We're living in a world today that all you're doing is parking. All you're doing is parking. But you're not parking for a journey. You're parking to stay. You're gathering everything they can gather. You're gathering riches. You're gathering houses. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you see, the objective behind that is that they are preparing to stay. They are gathering things that they think is going to bring them refuge. Things that they think is going to bring them security. And they just packing up. Even if it's not a fair way to pack up, they will still go ahead with them and just keep packing up. Because they are not looking forward for a journey. That's what the world is doing. I mean, Noah's just as it was, and Noah's there. See, Noah's there, they were packing up. See, they weren't ready for any journey. They weren't listening to what Noah was preaching about. They didn't care about it. Luke 17, 26, 27, who said, And as it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given a marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. And you see the world is, is packing. See, they're packing all the idols of entertainment. They're packing the idols of, of adultery and fornication. See, they're packing themselves to leave. No, they're packing themselves to stay. But there was a man in that time that he was unpacking all that. And that was Noah. See, Noah was packing, unpacking everything. He was unpacking the ideologies of that day. 
He was unpacking all the scientific research and the scientific, you know, uh, the scientific results that he had of that day. He unpacked them all because they came to him and they said to him, you know, there's no rain up there. But he unpacked it off. He unpacked every year. He unpacked every conspiracy that was going on at that time. Because he had had a certain voice. He had had a voice from another dimension. He had had a voice from another place. And the voice has told him that there was only one thing that he was supposed to pack. And that was an ark. Surely that wasn't a popular thing in that day. But he had a voice. Something told him, you just pack an ark. And he didn't care what the people were saying. He had had a voice and he believed that voice and he was going to follow that voice. And you know, no one wanted to pay. And he started to gather his woods. He started to gather his nails. He started to gather the pitch and all that he needed to build the ark. And surely those things weren't very popular in those days. People looked at Noah and laughed at him. And when you're walking a baby and you're coming to church and you're packing your Bible, that is not a very popular thing. When they drive by and they see your car parked up there, that is not a popular thing. But you see, you have heard a voice. And you don't care about what the people say, but you keep on packing your Bible. You keep on parking your car right there in the parking lot. Let everyone see it on which side of you are on. And he kept on building the ark. And kept on building the ark. They didn't care about what the people said. Because he believed what he has heard. And he knew that truly one day there was going to come a rain. And the rain was going to wash everything away. And he was getting ready for it. But you know, at that same time, Brother Branham would say there was another man. And his name was Enoch. And you see, Enoch as well, he had unpacked everything of the world of that time. He had unpacked everything. He has uploaded everything. But you see, Enoch wasn't called to build an ark. And not that Enoch had something against the ark, but it just wasn't his calling. Enoch was, Enoch was okay with the ark, it was fine, but it just wasn't what he was called to do. That wasn't what he was called to pack. Enoch was called to build a pyramid. He was called to build a pyramid. That was what he needed to pack. He needed to pack the stature of a perfect man. That was what he needed to pack. In the age that he was living in, he didn't need an ark. The ark was okay, but he needed a stature of a perfect man. And he started to build. And every day, he walked with God. And as he walked with God, he kept on building. Every day he walked with God, and as he walked, he kept on building. And he kept on building. And I 
because he was building the pyramid, he was making sure that it was precept upon precept. He was making sure it was line upon line. He was making sure that here was the little and there was the little. He wasn't leaving anything out of it. Perhaps when he laid the foundation, he realized there was a little crack there. See, Enoch didn't just go on and build on that foundation. But Enoch made sure that that crack was patched. And he made sure that that crack was never going to happen again. And he kept on building. Every day, precept upon precept, and line upon line, patching everywhere, laying a little bit of faith down, making sure it was grounded, putting on top of it a bit of a virtue, making sure it was settled. Now realize that that was the second Bible. And that was what he was called to build. And you know, he built it and made sure every precept was upon precept, every line was upon line, until it came to a certain place that he was supposed to cap off the pyramid. But he didn't. He didn't cap it off because, you know, it was a type that the capstone was going to be rejected, that the head was going to be rejected one day. So he didn't cap it off. But you see, Enoch was a type of the bride. Enoch was a type of the bride. And though he didn't cup up that capstone because it was going to be rejected. But one day, the Lord said to Enoch, I am going to cap you off. You are the bride. Let the world go on and reject the capstone. But you are the bride and I am going to cap you off. I am going to cap you off. I am going to seal you with the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to make sure that you have a body change. Oh, and it must have been one morning. It must have been somewhere between six and nine in the morning. Oh, when Enoch just woke up out of his bed. It looked like a day just like another day. But little did Enoch know that something was fixing to happen. See, Enoch has been building the pyramid. He has come to a place that he needed to be capped off. And that morning Enoch woke up. Enoch walked out of the door that he walked out every day. Enoch took the same road that he took every day. And he was heading to work. He was said, and see, every day he kept on building. There was no one day that he was off work. And remember, the pyramid was a masterpiece. And there is no way with the technology they got today that they can reproduce it. Oh, friends, you are a special person. And there is no one that can reproduce you. And that morning he kept on walking. He was walking towards work. He was walking to continue to build. 
But that was a different day for him. It was a different day for Enoch because as he was taking step by step, as he was getting close and close to that pyramid, as he was getting close to work, he took a step and it was a different step. Oh, hallelujah. He took a step and it was a different step. He started to realize this is a different step. He started to realize his continent started to change. The atmosphere around him started to change. His body started to change. Because God was saying, Enoch, it's time for me to cap you off. It's time for you to come home. You have unpacked everything you needed to pack. You have been packing what was needed. And now I'm coming for you. I am sealing you with the Holy Ghost. And I am taking you home. Oh, and he unpacked. And he got ready to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus keeps all his appointments. He keeps all his appointments in the message. Jesus keeps all his appointments. Just before Brother Branham gets in the message, he starts talking to Peter Pyramus. And I said, that's the way that God has brought his church. From justification to sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I said, and now the ministry of the Spirit, which is what quickens the Word. Notice it said, the ministry of the Spirit, which is what quickens the Word. That ministry in the church will have to be just exactly like, like His. And Brother Branham will make the example of having His hand on. And as his hand would be far away from the wall, he would say, you know, you look at the shadow and it is pale. But he would say that as the hand gets closer and closer to the wall, you can see it clearer and clearer. In other words, you can see the positive and the negative becoming together. And you see, that was the way Enoch was walking. See, the positive and the negative was coming together every day. Every day he walked with God, the positive and the negative were coming together. And it goes on to say, and that's exactly when the church and the word has to be one. Like Jesus and God was one just exactly. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And so will Christ have to be in the church, the anointed word of God, to make everything fulfilled. And they say that is the capstone that comes upon the last church age. And he said, not the Laodicea now. So this is not coming on the Laodicea. But it says, it's a calling out of that. It's a calling out of the Laodicea. And he said, a bride out of a church. Church out of a church. She is the one that is going to receive the capstone. She is the one that has been elected. She is the one that has been called. I wonder if there is any Enoch in the spirit on this evening that has been elected, that has been called. There's been an Enoch that has been built in that, that pyramid, that has been put in precept upon precept, that has been put in line upon line. I tell you, time has come for the capping off. Time has come for the capping off. But you see, to receive the capping off, you need to unpack. That's the only way that we're going to go on the journey is to unpack everything out of the way. 
I'm parking for the journey. I'm parking for the journey. This is the uniting time, friends. The uniting of the pride of Christ. We can see what's happening in the world. We don't need to even talk, talk about it. It's written on every wall, written on every site, written on every, every, every shop you walk into. But why that is happening? There is something happening in here. While they are building their kingdoms out there, there's another kingdom that has been built on here. While they are parking to stay here for destruction, there are people that are unpacking to leave this place. Friends, we all know that it's closer than it was. Every day is getting closer and closer. See, every day that Enoch walked meant a step closer to the day that he was going to take off. Remember, Enoch didn't know the day that it was going to happen. But he was diligent in what he was called to do. He wasn't slothful in what he was called to do. But every day, he did what he was called to do. Amen. It is a uniting time. It is the time of unpacking. And we have to keep unpacking until each step that we take is a step closer to him. Until we come to a place where this corruptible will put on incorruption. Until we come to a place where this mortal will put on immortality. That is the place that we are called to come to. Amen. Because one day soon we're going to take a step too. And that step is going to bring a part of change. And not only a part of change, but it's going to take us to a wedding supper. And not only a wedding supper, but it's going to bring us down to reign for a thousand years. And not only a thousand years, but it's going to let us sit right next to him to be the judge. And not only to be the judge, but it's going to bring us all the way into eternity. Oh, friends, you are a privileged person. You are a different type of a person. Kings and priests had wanted to know this. From what I can see, there is no Ken here. There is no priest here, but you are here. You are here. It doesn't matter what you got. It doesn't matter the home you're in. It doesn't matter the car you're driving. One thing you ought to remember yourself every day is that you are elect. Oh, hallelujah. You are elect. It doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. I am elect. It doesn't matter what happens next year. I am elect. It doesn't matter what happened this year. I am elect. And no matter what happened, one day I will be translated. One day I will be transformed. One day I'm going to leave this place. One day I will leave all this world behind. It doesn't matter what happens. I am elect. I am called. I am chosen. Satan, you are not. I am. I am going to heaven. You're going to hell. Oh, hallelujah. I think this year is time to start to take another attitude. 
the attitude of overcomers. The attitude of victorious people. The attitude of a son of God. The attitude of a daughter of God. I think it is time for us to change our attitude. I like the way Brother Ron Spencer said it. He said we've been looking at the picture the wrong way. We've been looking at it the wrong way. But it's time to turn the picture around. The one that is called Ken is you. The one that is called Pride is you. It's time to turn the picture around. It's time for you to realize that the enemy cannot touch one hair on your head until he has asked for permission. It is time to start a change attitude. It is time. Hallelujah. We've given the enemy room enough. We've given him room enough. We've let him strip away some of our joy. We've let him strip away some of our peace. But it's time to change attitude. Hallelujah. It is time to change attitude. We are on our way to a rapture. We are not of this world. Brother Ed said it this morning. Brother Branham came to realize he wasn't the son of Charles and Ella Branham. It's time for us to realize that. Our father is not the one that brought us up. It's good. We thank him for him. But our father is above. He's our mother. He's our sister. He's our brother. He's our everything. It is time to change attitude. It is time for your righteous indignation to rise up. You've had a Philistine come and take your field and, and do all the want upon a year after year after year after year. Well, this year is time to change the picture. This year is time to turn things around. This year is time for you to take your land. It's time for you to take your possession. Friends, the only way it's going to happen is if you receive it. Hallelujah. It's time for us to change the way that we pull on the word. Hallelujah. Because when you start to pull on the word, the word starts to becoming real. I can tell you that. I can testify about that. Because when I pull on the word, it starts to change me. Even when the word comes and it's hurting me and I'm pulling on it, it starts to change me. When the word is coming and it's breaking on my heart and I receive it, it starts to change me. It's time to change attitude. We've had a period of coming to church loaded. It's time to make it something that we do for every service. Friends, there's no more time to be playing church. Those days are done gone. Friends, the bride of Christ and Toy Master Tabernacle is not going to stop playing church anymore. Satan, I hope you had that. If you didn't hear it, let me repeat it again to you. And Toy Master Tabernacle is not going to play church anymore. Oh, hallelujah. 
here. We are not going to play church anymore. We are not just going to come and fill a pill. We are not just going to come and sing a song. Oh, but we are going to come as sons and daughters of God. Oh, we are going to come to take our inheritance. Hallelujah. Attitude ought to change. It is over, Satan. See, Satan, you might have had a vote. You might have had a vote at an Edmonton tuned the accord and starchy. But this evening, we want to say to you, Satan, this evening, Antoine Message Tabernacle, want to say to you, Satan, we want you to know that there's something changing. We want you to know that you have heard of old, but today there is a change. You have heard of old, but today there is a new life. Today there is a resurrection of life and a life of people and a life of mothers and a life of fathers and a life of young people. We're on our way to a rapture. Our attitude ought to change. Brother Harold has gone before. He has done the work that the Lord laid on his heart to do. God bless you, Brother Harold. Brother Harold is carrying on the work. He's doing what the Lord is leading him to do. The shepherd, the flock. The Lord bless you, Brother Ed. Brother Andrew is standing in the cab. He's supporting the ministry. The Lord bless you, Brother Andrew. Brother Moses is, is pulling along. He's joining in, shoulder to shoulder, shield to shield. And he's also pressing on. The Lord bless you, Brother Moses. Brother John is joining on the wheel. He's also pushing along with the young people. The Lord bless you, Brother John. I am doing the little that I can. I have joined in with us. And we're pushing along. And we're trusting in the Lord. And we've been marching in a certain gear. But tonight we want to change the gear just a little higher. Amen. You know, we've been going, if you've ever drove a manual car, you go from the first gear to the second gear to the third to the fourth and to the fifth. Amen. We know some cars that got even the gear that goes to the sixth. Some have got the gears that go to the seventh. And see, friends, we've been moving gears to gears. We've moved from gear one. We've gone to gear two. We've gone to gear three. We've gone to gear four. We've gone to gear five. We've gone to gear six. But now we are moving to gear seven. In gear seven, there is a transformation. In gear seven, there is a translation. In gear seven, there is a rapture. Hallelujah. In gear seven, there is a change of attitude. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, friends, we are heading to a land. Oh, friends, in that land there's no more death. In that land there's no more sorrow. In that land there's no more crying. 
and the line. Oh, hallelujah. It is a glorious line. Because it says that the former tents have passed away. See, the former tents have been unpacked. All the sorrow has been unpacked. See, everything has been unpacked in that land. The body, the old body that troubled us has been unpacked in that land. See, for this journey, it's just an unpacking. We need to unpack to go on this journey. Oh, hallelujah. I'm completely off my notes. Oh, but we thank the Lord for it. Let me see if I can connect it somewhere again. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that even though we are looking to a land where there is no pain, to a land where there is no sorrow, to a land where there is no crying, even though we are looking to that land, but I want you to know that even now, you can create an atmosphere around you. You can create an atmosphere around you where sorrow will have no place in there. You can create an atmosphere around you where pain will have no room there. You can create an atmosphere around you where Satan will have no place in your life. Amen. You can create an atmosphere around you. You see, there was a woman in the Bible. You see, this woman, she was a married woman. She was a married woman, and, and her husband has went away. Her husband has gone away, but her husband was going to come back. Her husband was going to come back, and... You know, as a married woman, Brother Branham was saying the second coming of the Lord, he said that in those days they didn't have a wedding ring. But what they had was a tablet. And he said they call it a tablet and they put it on their head. And it had ten coins. And it went around their head. And that was a sign that they were a married woman. And no man was to fool with them. No boy was to flirt with them. They were married. But Abraham goes on to say that each coin meant a certain virtue of that woman. He said the first coin meant her love to her husband. He said the second coin, her pledge of virtue to live clean for him. And he said on the third, on the fourth, on the fifth, and on to the ninth and the tenth. And Brother Branham now started to bring in and started to speak about his coins. And, and he comes and he said, if you want to look it up, look in Galatians 5. He said, you'll find out that the woman represented the church. And the church is an espoused wife to Christ. And the tablet that the church is supposed to wear is found in Galatians 5. Which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience. He said that is the tablet that's supposed to be worn in the church. Brotherly love, kindness, 
I'm fellowship. But it was dark. It must have been around dark when she realized that she had lost one of her coins. She realized that one of her coins had been lost. And time was drawing nigh that her husband was to come back home. And without a coin, the man that she had played the harlot, it meant that she had broken her marriage vows. And so that was a vital turn, and, and she couldn't just stand still for such to happen. Because of the truth, she hadn't broken her marriage vow. And so, around the dark of night, it was so dark that she had to light a candle. She had to light a candle and started to search for the coin that had went missing. She started to search for the coin that had went missing. And she started to move every object that could be moved. She started to sweep every place that could be swept. She started to tear down everything that could be torn down. Why? Because the coin was precious and very important. Without that coin, her marriage was in a balance. Without that coin, she was going to be put away. So she started to search. She started to look. She started to take down all the cobwebs that were in the house. She started to take down the hatred. She started to take down the rot. She started to take down the envying. She started to take down the strife. She started to take down the lukewarmness. She started to take down her cold spirit. She started to take down her starchy ways. Because her husband was coming home. And she needed the coin. And anything that she could pull down in order for her to find the coin, she was going to do it. See, there was something that was driving her. The second coming of the Lord, Brother Branham said, Brother, we're the church of the living God. In these great hours that we are living, that we are now living, it behooves us to check up. Go before God. Light the candle of the word of the gospel and examine yourselves. Examine ourselves and find out if we have fallen short. And especially when we see all these things coming. It says we are at the end time. The coming of Christ is at hand. See, she didn't want to be mistaken for something that she wasn't. She didn't want to be mistaken for a harlot because she hadn't played the harlot. She didn't want to be called something that she wasn't. 
And because she was a predestinated seed of God, there was something that was in her that was driving her to find that wine. She couldn't relax. She couldn't just sit on a pew. She couldn't just lay back. Her husband was coming home. Without the coin, she was going to be thrown out. And she started to search and search and search. There was another significant the ones with the coins. The coins meant that no other man had a right to touch her. The coin meant that she was married and she was not to be touched. And the coin means that Satan has no right on you. That Satan has no claim on you. But the moment she loses the coin, Satan has a right to come in. The moment she loses the coin, she's thrown out, and now any man can come to her. Because with that coin, she was sealed. With that coin, she was taken away. And she started to search and search and search. And she kept on searching. And tonight, I don't know you. I don't know if there's a coin that is lost. I don't know if there's a coin that has gone missing. But your husband is coming home. Your husband is coming home. If there's anything that needs to be moved for you to find a coin, I think tonight is the time to move it. As we said, we are changing attitude. As we said, we are changing gears. The musicians can start coming up. As we said, we're changing gears. We are changing attitude. And if there's a coin that is missing, tonight is the time to make sure that we find that coin. That coin identifies you. The coin is the ticket. I don't know if the coin you've lost perhaps is the Holy Ghost. I don't know that the coin you've lost is your joy. I don't know if the coin that you've lost is your peace. I'm starting to find Lom. I'm starting to find Lom. Just pray for me. But I don't know what coin that you have lost. But tonight, why don't you start searching for it? Why don't you start moving away all the cobwebs? I don't know if it's been a cobwebs of coldness that has been there. Why don't you start tearing that one down? It has been the cloud of death that has been in the way. Why don't you start moving that away? Why don't you start making sure that the foundation of faith has been laid down? Why don't you start making sure that a pyramid is being built? 
If there is need for you to start making some sweeping, to sweep away the past, why don't it's time to start sweeping away? What if it's time for you to sweep away a certain attitude? Why don't the night is the time for you to start sweeping it out? If you think it is time for you to sweep away some hatred, why don't get it tonight is the time for you to start sweeping it away? If there has been some coldness, it is tonight is the time for you to start sweeping it away. Sister Naomi, you can start playing anything softly. Why don't we stand on our feet? Which coin have you lost? All throughout this year, which coin? That's been hindering you for you to change that attitude. Which coin has hindered you for you move to that seventh gear? What has been the hindrance? Which coin is there need for you to find it this evening? Push it all away. It is not worth it. It is not worth it. He's worth it all. He's worth it all. If it is the news that is standing in the way, push it away. If it is your phone that is standing in the way, push it away. If it is the website that is standing in your way, push it away. Find that coin. Find that one coin. If it is two coins, find those two coins. The train is in the block. The train is in the block. The red light is flashing. We can see it all over. The red light is flashing. We may not see the train coming yet, but we can hear the sound of it. We can hear the sound of the chariots. The train is already in the block. I think it is time to throw away the penis that we got in our hands. Throw away the penis of wilderness. Throw away every peanut. Throw away anything that is holding you. It is time for you to pick up your suitcase. Your suitcase, which is the Word of God. The Word of God that is loaded with eternal life. It is time for you to pick that up. The train is in the block. We've played church long enough. Enter Mercy Tabernacle. God is calling you. He's calling you to pick up your suitcase. The 
change gears. Let's show which side we're on. If it means a little more time with them on the word, let's give it to them. If it means five minutes more in prayer, let's give it to them. It's late. You have seen the red light. You have heard of the red light. loved you and he still loves you don't let your mistakes hinder you I feel led to say that if it's been your mistakes and the wrongs you've been doing over and over again don't let that hinder you it's just been Satan that's been holding you back it's just been Satan that's kept on pulling that card but tonight it's time for you to put another card. It's time for you to pull the card of the blood of Jesus. Friends, remember, he's not looking at you. He's looking through the blood. Red, true red is white. If it's that what he's been bombarding you with all the time when you come to service. If it's that is what has been hindering you from lifting up your hands. If it's that what's been hindering you from saying amen. If it's that what's been hindering you from singing the praises of God. If that's what's been hindering you from having liberty in the house of the Lord. It's time for you to pull the card of the blood of Jesus. That blood is still fresh. Let's rise up, church. Let it not just be a song that there's a bride rising up, but let it be a life that there's a bride rising up. And friends, young people, don't think you left out. You are part of this. You are part of the body. And when you start to pull, when you start to pull, something starts to happen. We've had it in the new year, there's gonna be a young people in the rapture. When you start to pull, Let's sing that to him. Don't let it be another song. I mean it from your heart this evening. Let it be that you're starting anew with him.
Not the old way, but a new way. The way that he wants you to go. Let's lift our hands to him. And let's sing to him that we surrender all. Help us, Brother Mary. I surrender all. I surrender Why don't you close your eyes? A minute from your hand. Let's sing all to Jesus, I surrender. All to Jesus, I surrender. Surrender all to Because she found the coin. She found the coin. She found it. 
You see, she found it because there was a desire in her yeah. to find the coin. There was a deep in her that was calling for the coin. And she was determined that she was going to move everything out of the way until she found it. And because she was determined, she found it. And I believe that you have been determined. And if you have been determined, the word of the God is true today. And if you have been determined, you also found the coin. You know what coin it was. You know what coin it was. And just as you found it, you also found it. And you know when she found it, she didn't stand still. When she found it, she didn't stand still. Truly, her attitude changed. When she found it, her continence changed. When she found it, the way she acted changed. Because that meant that she was still married. That meant that she wasn't going to become a harlot. That meant, oh hallelujah. That meant that no man had a right to touch her. That meant that Satan had no claim on her anymore. And when you find that coin, that means that Satan has no claim on you anymore. And you know what she did? She went and she called the neighbors. She went and called the neighbors. And she told the neighbors, come and rejoice with me. Come and rejoice with me. Because I have found that coin. I have found the coin of joy that I have lost. I have found a coin of the Holy Ghost that I have lost. I have found a coin of liberty that I have lost. He said, I have found that coin. And now I want you to come rejoice with me. I want you to come praise the Lord with me. How many have found that coin this evening? How many are ready to praise the Lord? Friends, because you know, if you're changing attitude, we start it now. See, friends, we're not going to wait for the next service. Because we're not guaranteed there's going to be a next service. We pray the Lord that we have a next service. We are willing to come to the next service. But we are changing attitude now. We're going to stop now. That in the midst of trial, no matter what it is, we will call our neighbors and we will start rejoicing.
It was Brother Steve that came and he spoke about it. He said, let your heart rejoice. Let your heart rejoice. Not just the heart of the minister, not just the heart of the deacons, but let your heart start to rejoice. You can turn to your neighbor and say to him, I find the coin. You go ahead and turn around to them. Tell them, I find the coin. Turn to your brother and say to them, I find the coin. Tell the Satan, oh, I found the coin. You have no right on me anymore. You have had me banned, but I want to tell you that tonight I am going free. You have no hold on me anymore. We come to every church, to every service, like it's the last one. Friends, what would your attitude be if you were coming to a service that you knew it was your last one? What kind of attitude would you come with? How would you prepare for that service? Friends, let that be our attitude, the way we come to every service. That is going to be my attitude. This is not just for you, this is for me too. When I was preparing for it, I was on my knees praying to the Lord. I was on my knees crying out to Him to say, Lord, start changing me. You see, friends, when I am going to close, you see, when a plane is flying, You see, when a plane is flying and you're going to a certain destination. You see, there come a time. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I was just preparing my notes. And I was almost at the end all of a sudden. And this just dropped down to me. I know, friends, when it just dropped down to me. I couldn't even write it down. I said, Lord, I don't even know if I should say it or not, but I'm just going to leave it to you. If you want me to say it, just leave me to say it. Because I don't fully understand it, but, but you drop it down to me. But you see, when a plane is a flying, and it's getting down to its destination, and it's getting close to its destination, you see, it lowers itself out of the cloud. Oh, friends. It lowers itself out of the cloud. And we're living in a time that something has lowered itself out of the cloud. Friends, let them say what they want about the cloud. When I look at it, I see Jesus. Something has lowered itself. It has come lower because we're getting close home. And you see, when the plane comes down lower, you can look through the window and you can start looking down to the land that you're going on. You can start looking down to where you were going. You can start looking at us. Friends, there's a window of the message. There's a window of the word. 
that we can start looking through and we can see where we're going. We can see where we're landing. We can see our destination. The plane is lowering down. We have been unpacking, but now we're getting home. Oh, hallelujah. We are getting home. Friends, let's get ready to leave. Let's get ready to leave. It is ongoing time. Oh, we've unpacked it all. Well, let's get ready to leave. Our attitude has been changed. Let's show which side we are on. Hallelujah. We had a bride of Christ. We had a called elected one. Amen. Why don't we sing that song, Almost Home? Almost Home. There's a mansion that is waiting for us. We are almost home. Friends, sing it like you believe it. Praise the Lord. Give him glory. Because if you find the coin, you can start rejoicing. If you find the coin, you can start praising the Lord. If you find the coin, you can be a new believer. If you find the coin, you have packed up your suitcase. If you find the coin, you've got eternal life. If you find the coin, you have the power to have a body change. If you found the coin, you've got eternal life. And yeah. Almost home. Hallelujah. Let's sing it to him as we ask for that to come. They took the apostle Peter and beat him all because he would not deny the Lord as he had done before. Oh, yeah. They hung him by his feet to die. They thought he was alone. But he looked up to heaven and said, Oh Lord, I'm Oh. 
is just a living here. But you know there are young people living here. Amen. There is mothers living here. There is fathers living here. We are going home. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like singing one more song. Oh, my. How many brought your joy shoes today? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, make sure you don't take them off anymore. All right. You know, just have them on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all down to Sunday. If you're going to bed, put them on too. Oh, hallelujah. Put them on in bed too. Oh, glory. Why not sing that song, Rejoice? Look at what the Lord has done. Even through COVID, look at what the Lord has done. Look at what He's done in your life. Look at what He's done in the midst of the bride. Look at the healing that is brought. Look at the deliverance that is brought. Look at the liberty that is brought. You young people, look at those that have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Look at what He's done. Oh, let's sing it to Him. Oh, yes. Rejoice. Look what the Lord has done. about it look what the 